Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Gimel, Pasuk Aleph Kinei Hadon Hashem Tzvaot. But let's set the stage first. We saw in Perik Aleph the famous Chazon Yeshayahu, a terribly dark and gloomy prophecy, one that predicted exile, destruction, annihilation. Uh, it was just relentless in its haranguing, its uh, evisceration of B'nai Israel's behavior. And then we shifted in Parrot Bays to a beautiful vision of post-Messianic Israel and Yerushalayim, where Yerushalayim and a rebuilt Beis Hamikdash was not only the capital city and the Beis Hamikdash of Yehuda, but was the world capital, was the world's Beis Hamikdash. Every nation would stream like a river towards Yerushalayim, united, accepting the word of the Kodesh Baruch, who is the one true creator. There would be peace because all their battles would be adjudicated by the Mashiach. They could, in the famous words of the prophecy, beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks, because there would be no more war. A beautiful messianic vision. Now in Perak Gimel, it's almost a continuation of that relentless harangue of Perak Aleph. We're going back into the reality of the moments. And again, we should point out that, you know, in reading Yeshayahu, one would think that it's right before the conquest of Nebuchadnezzar and the destruction of the Bayes Rishon. It's not. Yeshayahu is preaching or giving his Nebuah contemporaneous with the time of Sancheirev's destruction of the 10 northern tribes. It's 132 some years before that, but he is saying that what has happened to Shivte Yisrael is going to happen to Shivte Yehuda. And if they don't repent and relent their ways, notwithstanding that it's 130 years away. Now we know, because within Malachim Bey's the conquest of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar exiled the Jews in stages. It wasn't all done at once. And what he did in the first uh, exile, about 11 years before the ultimate destruction, was take out under King Yechonyahu, with King Yechonyahu, the, what you would call the elite of the nation, the intelligentsia, the ruling class, even including the Rabbanim and the Gedalei Hadar and the teachers of Torah and the warriors and the political establishment, which made a very great deal of sense because what you would do is if you would deprive the people of these leadership roles, um, it would be less of a chance of revolution or plotting. They're in Bavel, and what was left in uh, Yehuda was what we call then the Dalai Ha'am, the weaker people of the nation, not likely to make revolution, not likely to cause problems. 
So now that is what Yeshayahu is predicting here, or prophesying is more accurate. He is saying that we are going to see them take away all the classes of leadership, leaving behind in its stead a group of young, inexperienced, most of all incompetent, brazen, disrespectful youths that are going to try and run what was left in the country with disastrous effects. Uh, and that is in fact what happens. We also know that we're going to see 18 separate colors of people that he's removing that are going to be removed from Yehuda, leaving behind this group. And as we've learned already, if nothing else, Yeshayahu is a great master of metaphor. There is a meaning to each of these 18 groups, and what we must do is integrate Masech uh, Chagiga, Yud Dalit Amud Aleph, which spends over a blot on explaining what it really means, those people that were exiled. So let's start with that in mind. Pasach Aleph. Behold, the Adon of the world, the master of the world, Adon, describing the Kaddish Baruch, who is not used that often, but what it is meant, unfortunately, say, is to connote the absolute mastery of the Kaddish Baruch. You must have the realization that every detail occurs with the Kaddish Baruch Hu's decree or planning or desire. And so he's the Adon Kaloares. Mesir Yerushalayim, and what he's going to do is take from Yerushalayim, Umi Yehuda, Mishan Umishena. Double use, we've seen that one of um, Yeshayahu's standard uh, oratorical devices, the use of a double adjective. So Mishana Umishena could be both male and female, that which you lean on. He is going to take from under you the props that the nation is so dependent on. In addition, he is going to deprive you of the props you have, of that which you depend on, specifically food and water. And we did see that prior to Nebuchadnezzar's final victory, there's a terrible um, fast in the land that destroys many people. So that that's one of the things he's going to take away. Then, says Yishayahu, Pasek Beis, Gibar, the heroes, your heroic class, it could be military, it could be political, the Ishmilchama, your warriors, Shofet, the judges, the people who judge you, the Navi, Navi is like its simple meaning, prophets, Kosein sort of implies diviners, but not in the sense of, you know, magic sorcerers of Abodazara, but people who have a legitimate use and intelligence of, say, astrology, and can make certain predictions about the future. The Zaking. Zaking is what it implies, an elder, one who has lived a long life, has engendered a great deal of respect. It could be respect for his learning, it could be respect for wealth that he's accumulated, but he is a respected member of the community. Sarchamishim. Sarchamishim 
is one who is a petty military officer. You divided the command of the army into numbers, and one of the lowest was he who had a regiment of 50. So that this is the lower-ranked petty officer, you might say. Unisupanim, one that the people respect, that they look up to for advice, for counsel. Yoetz is specifically counsel. He advises them in matters of Torah or even political strategy or self-government. The Chacham, a wise person, one by virtue of his knowledge, is consulted on questions. Harashim, Harashim would come from the word Cheresh, that they adjudicate or they answer Shalos and give Sak Halacha in such a brilliant way that the individual is like a cheresh. There's nothing he can answer because it is so definitive and so preemptive of discussion, this man's psaac. The Nabon, again, a brilliant person, one who really understands halacha. Lachash, a whisperer, one who speaks in terms of uh, a low voice, but with halacha has a mystical understanding of Torah. So these are the people that we are going to remove from their, your midst, completely depriving you of a ruling class, an intelligentsia class, a Torah class, an advisor class, a military class, a political class. This is going to be taken away from you, as we saw it will be, when Yechanyahu is exiled with all these people, and you are going to be left I am going to lead youths, callow, young, inexperienced youth as your leaders. Talulim is just frivolous, disrespectful, incompetent people will be left. Now let's just go to Chagiga Yud Dalit. Chagiga, as we say, spends a great deal of this and has a more broader interpretation of those classes. Let me just read it to you. As I say, it's good Dalit Amanalaf. We're not going to go through all 18 classes. Um, says the Gemara Yudalit Amud Aleph, after delineating these, what they call 18 maledictions, 18 klolos. Um, Mishan, we said to lean on, Elu Bal Mikra, refers to those who have mastered the, the, the total scriptures of Torah, Nevi'im, Kisuvim. Mishana, the second use of Mishana, something you lean on, refers to Elu Bale Mishnah, uh, those <coughs> who are expert in Mishnah. Kol Mishan Lechem, every support of bread, Elu Bale Talmud, these are the masters of Talmud, that the bread, remember Lechem is all in Mayim, are always metaphors for Torah. The Chol Mishan Mayim, every support of water uh, is going to be removed. This refers to Balei Agada, these are the ones who mastered Agada, Shemoshim Libosho Adam Kemayim Ba'agada, people are drawn to Agada. Um, and the Agadic teaching. Gibar, Zebal Shmuel, 
A hero, he said, refers to one who knows Shmuel, the traditions of halacha. Ish milchama zeshi yodea lishavlitain b'milchamta shotayra. Ish milchama means a guy who can parry and thrust in the battle of Torah, in the discussions, in the deep um, dissertations. Shofet said Dayani. These are judges, Shadundin Emes Lamito, that have the highest reputation for honesty and truth. Navi, Mashmo. Navi is a, a prophet in the literal sense. Kosein, what we said is a diviner, Zumelech. It refers to a king because a king is considered to have like a divination on his lips when he speaks because his judgment is so perfect. Zakein, Zesharoi Leshiva refers to one who's suitable for position in a yeshiva. He is a zakein, he is a teacher. The Sar Hamishim, which we refer to a petty officer, Zer, not Sar Hamishim, but Sar Hamushim. He knows the Hamushim, the five books, the Hamisha Chumshe Torah. He is an expert. Uh, and, and so on. I am, don't want to go to eight, but each one of those 18 klolos is referring to someone embedded deep in Torah. So the question is asked, all right, Yeshayahu over the 66 prakim, which in Mirza Hashem we will learn, pronounces a lot of curses. Why are these 18 singled out? The Ben Yehoda gives a beautiful answer. The Ben Yehoda says, in everything else that B'nai Yisrael is threatened with or cursed with, there's a way out. There's a life preserver that will be thrown. And basically, it is if you go back to Torah, if you go back to Limudim, if you go back to the Beis HaMedrash and Yeshivas and Tzvilah, you can avert it. Here, you're taking away the very props. You can't avert it because they're gone. They will be taken from you, each of these things, and this is completely, as we're going to see, come to fruition, and is a very serious thing, coupled with the fact that you are going to be ruled by total incompetence, by evil incompetence, not just, you know, incompetence, it's people with bad intentions, with just disrespectful um, motivation. Continues on the people are going to be desperate, the people that are left there, desperate for leadership, desperate for counsel. Instead, the nar will belittle, the youth will belittle the respected Those who are low, these are low life callow youths, they will just disrespect the lofty and those who are steeped in, in Torah and respect. He And it's going to cause such a desperate struggle among the people left there. There are going to be good people left, as we've said, that anybody who appears to them as having knowledge they're desperate for them to take leadership. They're going to find their relative. They're reduced to finding someone of their relatives. Beisaviv, Simla Lacha. Simla means he has a garment. They are going to see this guy has a uh, wealthy looking garment. They're going to assume that his wealth means knowledge. 
and they're going to come and say, be our leader. Instead of where we're failing and stumbling here, you be our leader. Because they mistake his having um, the appearance of wealth as if it has the appearance of knowledge. And he will answer them. It is not a rich garment. In my house, there is no bread. There is no clothing. He's saying either a metaphor for Torah, that I am not learned, I have neglected Torah, I do not have wealth, or literally, there is no bread, he's a victim of famine, and there's no garments, I am not wealthy. Lo tisamuni kitsinam, I will not be a leader over you. And so you're reduced to that total lack of leadership. Because of this group that is so bad, that is so disrespectful, that is so undermining of a society, Yehuda will fall. Uh, they will fall into the hands of these incompetence. What he's saying here is that from your face, their evil is embedded or engraved on their faces because like unchaste stone, they make no pretense on hiding their venality and their evil. You will fall into the hands of a totally evil class of people. At the same time, there are good people left behind. Not everybody is evil. There are people that are being mistreated but are righteous. Says the Navi on that the tzaddik, who is good, these people are despoiling his crops, they are oppressing him, they are stealing from him. Woe to these people, these evil people, they will be punished. The Kaddish Baruch Hu will deal with them. My people are led by misoyulim, by just terrible, um, disrespectful, incompetent, evilly motivated people. And interestingly now, v'noshim moshlubo, women rule over them. We're introducing an element that the women are often behind the motivation of these men. The inference is clear, these women are not of the highest virtue, that there is gilu arayos, there is nus, uh, and it is corrupting the entire nation. Your ways are evil, your ways are disruptive. But the Kaddish Baruch Hu is prepared to bring you to justice. Hashem Mishpat Yavo, he will come to administer justice in Ziknea Movasarov to the elders, the righteous, the tzaddikim of the generation. Artem Hakaren, you have 
burnt. This means vineyard gazelas ani You have stolen completely his crops, his wealth, and it is hidden in your house. Malachem. What have you done? What gives you the right to do this? To to oppress my people, to despoil and create aniim neum Hashem elokim You have no right to do this. A day of judgment is coming. Now, Yeshayahu turns his focus and his anger on a very narrow class of people. Women. He holds the women accountable for the terrible corruption, the znus, the arayos that was so prevalent and that so led to the destruction of the entire nation. And so we're going to see that the ways of these women, the seduction, the adultery, the vile, terrible acts, the complete loss of morality, the complete loss of any respect or self-respect, we are going to see how that brings down the nation, the evil carnality, the licentiousness, the libidinous, the salaciousness that these women have engendered. 8.45 a.m. Tuesday, Adkan.